Hello, and we're back to the Level Cap Podcast, where you can win more of my money. And otherwise. I'm, I'm not have sure if that was... Seen, a... Have you ever seen Win Ben Stein's Money? So, I'm, I'm not really sure if... Um... That was an accurate Ben Stein impression. But what? That was so good. That was, that was so good. Hey, Brad, remember, we talked about this on podcast. I have never heard of this show, and I have never heard Ben Stein talk. But now I know about it because you told me you, about it. You have. You, you should just, just go watch the, like, just go go on YouTube and look him up. Ben Stein. Okay, wait. I'm going to look him up right now. Ben Stein money. When yeah, ben it's like, money. anyway, anyway. How are you oh doing? Oh my gosh, it is a totally fine accurate. day, Marco. It's See, totally I told accurate. you so. I told you so. Yeah, okay. Okay, I believe you. I believe it's not bad. I'm absolutely fine. I just checked in on your Ben Stein impression, and I am, let me say, quite Ben Stein impressed. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I am reeling at pain, in pain. Um,. In case any of you never didn't notice from my voice, I am quite tired today, Brad. Ah. So uh, yeah, I heard you were out uh, doing the um, doing doing big esports event. Yeah, it's 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 an event called Globe Conquerors Manila. It was basically like a League of Legends major here in the Philippines. My company, the company I work for, uh, who produces League of Legends in the Philippines, uh, had a big esports event with a bunch of CEOs and like. You know, top companies and blah 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 blah, and yeah. So, Globe is essentially our AT and T. So, yeah. ah, that makes sense. Well, yeah. cool. Well, um, seems seems fun. I don't play a lot of league, but I I know the basics. So you play Hots, right? It's like Hots, yeah, but less yeah, fun heroes. for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Glad to know I'm playing the right one. <laughs> well, um, for you, like, because I, I know who I know who and what you are when it comes to MOBAs, right? Like. We have gone. I know a lot, a lot of people really love League. It is the most. It is the number one. So. Oh really? I thought it was Dota. Huh. No, no. League is is the most popular. Uh, I think then Heroes and then I think Dota two of the modern MOBAs. Oh. Uh, I don't think Dota one is actually played anymore. No, I'm, when I say Dota, I mean Dota two. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody refers. Does everybody refer to it as Dota two? Because I'm pretty sure people just call uh, it Dota. People who play it refer to it as Dota two. As far as the people that I know that play it. That's interesting. Who still plays like regular Dota One? I, I don't think anybody plays that anymore. Okay, that's yeah, that's good no. to know. Okay, how about you, Brad? How was your How was your weekend? Like, are you also? Oh, dead? it was good. It was good. We uh, we had a wedding, and then um, we took a lazy Sunday to clean up the house. So um, I had a very relaxing weekend, and I'm feeling good, ready to tackle a new week. I am going to. Um, the Albuquerque Studios today to drop off some board games for set pieces for an upcoming TV show. So that's pretty cool. I can't tell you anything about anything about it, but um, when it actually goes live, I'll I'll tell you to look out for it, and you can see some of our games. There, there's a show in the scene, one of the scenes of Toy Store, and so it's crazy how they build these things. Like when they need a Toy Store, they actually just go out and buy basically a, as much of a toy store as they can to make the set. And so 
Yeah, so they have to buy, stock all the shelves. And so we sell all of our, um, or not all, but a lot of empty boxes that we have lying around to um, to fill out this toy store. And so I take those down to the Albuquerque Studios, and I uh, and I give them to my friend there who does the set acquisitions. And then, yeah, sometimes we get to go around and see the set, and it's really cool. Oh, man, that sounds pretty hype. Okay, um, just one question. This isn't related to the show, so I'm pretty sure you can answer it. What boxes are you giving them? Uh, pretty much everything from our modern line, like everything we did in the last two years or so. So all the battle cons and the exceeds mm-hmm. and like yep. and, uh, Imperial, Argent, Pixel Millennium Tactics. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be able to watch this because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's not going to be on my TV. But hopefully it's it, going to be on like Netflix or Hulu yeah, or I, I can't I can't tell you about it. So, um, but I'll tell you about it when the time comes. Okay. Um, so. Oh, here, here, just yes or no. Will Marco be able to watch this in a legal way? Probably, probably, yes. Okay, that's good because because I don't want to torrent. I mean, all the TV stuff. shows now are you know like Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu. Like you know, you can watch anything online. That's fair. That's totally fair, huh? Hey Brad, yeah. mm-hmm. I have a I have a question for you. Okay, are you excited for this wonderful docket that we're gonna have tonight? Uh, I think so. I do, am. Do you think the listeners will be excited? No, no, they're not. They're not really gonna be into it. Oh, that's unfortunate. Why didn't we change this docket before we did the show? Then uh, that's 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 your responsibility, Marco. Oh no, Marco. Oh no, what did I do? Okay, um, but anyway, the other cool thing. There's one more cool thing. Um, I'm going tomorrow to Seattle. I'm going to play BattleCon with the Penny Arcade crew on stream live. Oh, snap. Okay, we should share that to everyone and everything. Yeah, yeah. So this is to, and this is to celebrate um, the upcoming De- BattleCon Devstation Unleashed, or BattleCon Dev Remastered and Unleashed that'll be out in the next few weeks. Yeah. And um, what do you call this? So by the time this episode comes out, it'll be done. So this would have been yesterday. I'm pretty sure you can still watch the yeah. VOD on the oh, Penny yeah, Arcade yeah. channel. It's, it's all going to be available online for you to download. So make yeah. sure you check it out. Oh, it's going to be great. I, I can't wait to see you body these people. I'm pretty sure you're going to well, body Well, I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach. And then they're going to play each other. Oh, then you're going to body um, both of them during yeah, the tutorial. If, uh, yeah, if uh, if uh, history shows anything from Exceed, then uh, Eric will uh, will sweep it. <laughs> we'll okay. see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Brad, I have a question for you right now, because mm-hmm. I I want to move on to the next segment, and is that okay with you? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Brad. For the next segment is going to be an episode of Game Club, and our Game Club game for this week is. Shovel Knight, the uh, complete Shovel Knight saga. Oh, man. Uh, which uh, we're mainly, we both played Shovel Knight before, but this time we're going back to talk about Plague Knight and Spectre Knight, the two other campaigns in the game. Yep. Um, and kind of what they bring to the, the main campaign. And sadly, no King Knight yet, which is actually the campaign I'm most excited for. Um, Looks like it'll be cool. But uh, there's a lot of good content in the uh, the first two, or oh. first three, rather. Yeah, I mean, base game, hella good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about Plague Knight, Spectre Knight. So, Brad, uh, what, what's your experience? Have you played through both the campaigns? I finished Plague Knight, and I'm about, I'd say, I'd say halfway through Spectre Knight. But I know enough to get to get the gist of it and give you some some good talk on it. 
Yeah, okay. So uh, where do you want to start? Let's start with Plague Knight, since that's the chronological one. It's also the one most similar to the original campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, So Plague Knight, um, for those who aren't aware... So first of all, Shovel Knight, traditional platformer. You you go through levels. You battle against bosses. It's kind of like Mario 3 meets Mega Man with shovels. Meets DuckTales. Um, I mean, it's very much yeah. like DuckTales, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so you collect lots of treasure and use the treasure to buy new upgrades for your characters and stuff. Which include relics, which are kind of like Mega Man power-up items. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, how does Plague Knight shift all of that? How does he change it? Right, so Plague Knight has um, these... Uh, gosh, what are Plague Knight's items called? Potions, uh, vials. Um, yeah. Well, so play. So the thing, the cool thing about Plague Knight. So you're first of all, he's one of the villain characters from the main story, and he sort of has his he has his own plot where he's trying to make this like ultimate potion of ultimate power, and to do that, he has to get all of the essences from all of the other uh, knights. So he basically has to go through the same campaign that Shovel Knight does, except that when he when he goes to his own stage, he fights Shovel Knight instead of himself, obviously. Which makes a lot right. of sense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, it's happening at the same time as the Shovel Knight story. So anyway, um, so Plague Knight has his own village, which is underground from the original village. And he has his own NPCs that sell him stuff that are all his minions and, um, and allies. And his girlfriend, and, I think. Well, not not technically. Um the major plot point is that uh, they're just research associates. They're friends. Um, they're just friends. Yeah, they're just friends. But you could tell that there's some. Uh, there's some like they both. They both kind of like each other. But yeah. So you you the cool thing about Plague Knight is that you get to customize your basic attacks. So your weapon, your main weapon, is not just like a sword that you hit people with or a potion that you throw at people. But you get to customize the potion. Um, very often, so you can always you can change the way it explodes. You can change the length of your throw. You can change like how it seeks out or bounces around the stage. So you have lots of uh, you have lots of customization for your weapon, and so much more than using the right. Um, are they are they relic are they curios? I can't remember. Relics. Think, They're relics. Like, uh, They're relics. No, no. Shovel Knight has relics, um, and I think uh, I think Spectre Knight has the curios. Um, I can't remember what Plague Knights are. Uh, I, I think they're like... Oh, man, I forget. I, I know that one of them but, is like beakers or vials, right? Because the shape of the container determines... There are all kinds of different... Yeah, there are all kinds of different, like, science stuff. But the point is, the point is that they're not that important. For Shovel Knight, these are really important. But for Plague Knight, they're not that important. Your basic attack is actually much more important. Yeah. And so using the correct kind of basic attack for the situation that you're in is really neat. And that creates an interesting dynamic. Uh, however, it is still the same game. You go through the same stages. Um, there are just a few little differences in these stages. And you you beat the same bosses. Plague Knight doesn't have the same mobility that Shovel Knight does. Because Shovel Knight has his, um, you know, he has the fly dagger and all that stuff. Plague Knight doesn't yeah, get those. And he can, yeah, and he can bounce on things with his, with his shovel blade. Yeah. So Plague Knight has like a, uh, a super jump that he can use. But that's it, right? Um, he barely has any other yeah. mobility options whatsoever. So. Well, yeah, until you get some of the relics that let you do extra midair stuff. But yeah. at any rate, um, yeah, once you get the one that's a floating platform, you're basically you can basically fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, but that's that's the the basics of it. It's, so it's really just another another like, the same game with another character. Yeah, you know what I um, feel like that is. Um, you ever played Mega Man, the Mega Man X remake on the PlayStation Portable? 
Uh, no, I didn't. All right, so in that one, you could actually uh, play as Vile. Uh Uh-huh. And Vile plays pretty much like Spectre Knight in the sense that he doesn't get power-ups like Mega Man does, and, and instead he can, like, customize every single button on the controller to be a specific kind of weapon. And more so huh. than using special powers, much like Plague Knight, it's all about using the specific kinds of basic attacks that will help you in the level. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 it feels very much the same way, because um, much like Plague Knight, Vile felt very customizable. Because, like, your basic mm-hmm. attack could be, like, a popcorn rocket that shoots into, like, five different rockets, or it could just be, like, Vile Punches something. And it feels like a very uh-huh. customizable experience, uh, which is what Plague Knight is. And I really like Plague Knight. Uh, he's one of my favorite um, expansions so far. I think I rank him as number one, uh, Shovel Knight being second, and Spectre Knight being last for reasons we'll talk about later. But, like, I think he, he's pretty fun because, you know me, I'm a sucker for customizability and options. Mm-hmm. So I um I actually like like Spectre Knight more, I think, than the uh, the others. So Spectre Knight is, is a much more traditional um, sort of character um, in his campaign. He can unlike shovel knight he has wall jumps and he has um he's a bit more what would you say like reach and mobility yeah because he has um, at the same time he doesn't have the bounce like shovel knight does but he does have a a double jump which is a big deal and he has that special attack wherein if he's nearby any target and if you hold up or down and then press attack he'll do this like swiping thing that acts as mobility right because he'll like slice through them yeah so he can fly through enemies and attack them. So he uses enemies for mobility as much as um, you know, as much as he uses any any of his own uh, techniques. And he, so it's definitely it feels more like a like a much more traditional game where Spectre Knight doesn't go to the map. He just has a character select sc- or a stage select screen. And when he gets through the stage select screen, he goes to the stage, and the stage is customized just for him. Unlike Plague Knight, who has to play through the same stage as the Shovel Knight. Uh, Spectre Knight gets his own custom-made stages, and they're all built around his mobility techniques. So you can really uh, like run through these stages, um, and it feels really good. It's a nice, quick, uh, you know, uh, running type of uh, game, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Plague Knight and Shovel Knight, who you know more pro- kind of walk along and approach things as they get to them. Yeah, um, I feel like Spectre Knight's the speedrunner character. You know what I mean? Like, if you're really good at the game. You basically just blaze through a level in half a minute or something, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a kind of experience that a lot of people will enjoy. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it too whenever it happened. I guess I just, um, I guess that's just not what I look for in like plat- platformer types of games. Ironically, I guess uh, I I like mm-hmm. really like methodical approaches to platformers. I like slow platformers, not fast ones, because my mm-hmm. reflexes are garbage, which is why. I dislike Spectre Knight a lot because uh, a lot of Spectre Knight's level design revolves around his ability to like slash through things. Like they even make an entirely new object in the game just for Spectre Knight to slash through and act as like some sort of extra platform for him to use his mobility. Uh, but a lot of the later levels incorporate those in like, you know, there's a giant hole and you have to traverse the entire thing by repeatedly slashing through multiple yeah, once you get the scythe slide and and you start slashing through things it's you can you can really roll through these levels it's a lot of fun yeah it feels good but the mis- the problem for me is if you miss time even one of them and you end up slashing the air instead of doing the slice through move you fall and you die and you have to restart at the last checkpoint 
And like mm-hmm. that happens to me way too often. So that just means I'm <laughs> either really bad at platformers or Spectre Knight's just not the character for me, you know? Well, as a as a Meat Boy veteran, I had a great time with it. So. Oh, okay. No wonder. You like Meat Boy. Crazy. Super Meat Boy is great. Uh, you're all crazy people. I can't. I can't. Like, I played the first two to three levels of Super Meat Boy, and I was like, this is for masochists. This is... This okay, is that g- explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Super Meat be- Boy is so good. I, I, I managed... I beat it, so... Oh, man. I didn't get all the custom content. I couldn't unlock the guy from... I wish I was the guy. But I got most of the other stuff. So I have a question for you as a designer, Brad. What do you feel about mm-hmm. these kinds of content for games wherein it's just like, you know, it's like you, they take the base game and they change one thing, uh, such as changing the main character you play as. And do you think this kind of content is like big enough to be considered like a big expansion or something? Because a lot of other games that you pick your character in the in the box, what Shovel Knight does is essentially just give you a new character as an expansion. So uh, w- w- <laughs> what do you think about that? Like, do you think this kind of content is big enough to be considered an expansion or should it be just something that was in the base game to begin with? Um, I think that the <clears throat> I think they're both big enough to be expansions. I think Spectre Knight obviously is, is a lot more work than Shovel Knight was because the stages are all different. And but having played Shovel Knight like two years ago and then coming back and playing Plague Knight now, it was refreshing and, and it was fun to, to play it again. I still remembered some of the stages, but the fact that he had his own village and his own way of, you know, conquering challenges was different enough to make it refreshing for me and make me want to do a second playthrough. And I think that's probably the, the real genius of it is that, you know, you make a game and then, you know, a year later you release the next, like, a, a, a new version of that game with a different character and players who enjoyed it the first time can enjoy it again the second time. Um, and that's, you know, it saves you from making, you know, a direct sequel right away. There's a lot of people, they like a game enough that they want to play it twice, but you really want an excuse to play it twice. You don't just play the same thing again. Yeah, that's fair. And I think I think one thing that really makes it cool is that... So Mighty Number 9 tried to do something similar, right? By having an extra character. But I think that flopped and this one didn't. Because I feel like they did edit the stages and make it customizable enough that it gives you an entirely new experience as opposed to just playing the entire thing again, but with a different, different auto attack. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's not like playing a Mega Man game and just swapping X for zero. It it's an entirely different experience. And yeah. I feel like that's good. And I think at the end of the day, um, that's just how it is. I like that. I like that. So what do you think about these new expansions to Shovel Knight, Brad? Do you recommend people buy it? Do you recommend people play it? Yeah, I'd say it's worth playing again just to just to experience the two new campaigns. They are quite a bit of fun. How about you, Marco? You'd say the same? I would recommend, yeah, both. Unless you're, like, really, really not into speedrunning strats, then, like, maybe Plague Knight's... Uh, sorry, uh, Spectre Knight's not for you. I'm actually really excited for King Knight, because um, I feel like that's the kind of... He's the kind of character I would like to play as, because um, mm-hmm. his gimmick is that he can, he, can spend mon- he can spend money to solve problems. So gold becomes even more important for him than it is for the other characters, because he can use it to interact with levels rather than just buy equipment. So that's pretty cool. And let's be clear, we recommend this if you like the original game. If you didn't like First Shovel Knight, then these certainly don't fix it. Um, but if you liked the first one, then this is just more of the same good stuff. Yeah. Oh, and I guess if you didn't like the first Shovel Knight because you were a melee character, I guess you'd like it if you were Plague Knight because he acts like a ranged character. 
if that if that yeah, changes he's not quite mega man but he uh he certainly does have um a lot of range tools so you can approach problems differently yeah if you've ever played mega man x8 or x7 he's like axel like he can he has multiple shot types it's not just like bullets and lemons all the time so that pretty much does it for our Game Club game for this week. If you guys want us to play another Game Club game uh, and recommend a game for us, I think some people have already started recommending some. So get your recommendations in before we are filled on our queue. Make sure the recommendations are easy to access and don't require me and Brad to either A, download it illegally, or B, buy some arcade cabinet that's hidden in someone's basement. Now let's move on to the next segment, also known as the Pipeline, also known as Brad's segment, where we will talk about something about Level 99 games, development development processes or maybe just lore brad what do you want to talk about this week well maybe this is a good week to talk about the uh, the delays to battlecon unleashed uh, or not battlecon unleashed to the delays to battlecon online on steam because we have had some delays we were supposed to release on the 17th and um it's obviously not it's obviously past the 17th and the game is still not out why has this happened what went wrong well um we had a um we had the game actually got kicked back to us by Steam. They were unable to activate the in-app purchases in the game, and we had thoroughly tested and gotten the in-app purchases to work correctly. But apparently, there was like one or two paths that uh, that they tested for that we didn't. So we've gone back and corrected those, and we're resubmitting this week. And we should have BattleCon Online available pretty soon. But yeah. there you have it taking again a little bit longer than expected mm. to get it all ready and in the future i'll make sure that we're approved first and then i announce a release date yeah <laughs> which is what you're doing right now you're not even giving a date right now so smart yeah. i smart said thing. sometime in august so I, I i feel good that it'll get approved this week so hopefully we'll if uh yeah if anything else goes wrong um but yeah wait a minute let me peel back the veil a little bit wasn't there another problem that happened i mean i don't think it really extended the time or anything but there was another issue what was it again there were there were like two little issues um so there's the in-app purchase thing um we changed the interface to the game and when we changed the look of the game we also needed to update the trailer oh that was Um, it right yeah. You also have to make sure that Steam is capitalized everywhere in your marketing materials. I didn't know that. These are, these are the kind of things they check for. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, was there anything else that... I'll just stop. Um, oh, yeah. Previously, we had a button that was like... Um, that that took you to our website. Yeah. Um, and Steam wants to make sure that only the Steam wallet is the way that you buy, you buy coins in games. So they said you can't go to... The level 99 purchase site, you have to go to Steam purchasing. So we had to update that. Um, And so we changed, we also changed the other button from like buy Battlecon to like, you know, learn more about the the board game. Because uh, obviously Steam can't sell you the board game. And uh, so we wanted to show you more about the board game and not just take you to a purchase screen. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, people would want to learn about the board game, too. Oh, I'm still so excited, yeah. Brad. The hype never dies for Battlecon Online. The only thing that dies is my soul, because I, I I play at ungodly hours where everybody else is asleep. Uh, but hey, I, at least I can fight bots. That's gr- That's fun. Yeah, the bots are getting a little better. We did a little more work on our AI. It's still probably not good enough to take on somebody like you, Marco, but yeah. it'll uh, it'll at least be good for teaching the game. 
when we revised the tutorials. So the tutorials have been updated a little bit too. Yeah, I saw I saw the updated tutorials. They look great. I think. Um, hey, to be fair though, like to a lot of newbie players, the AI is pretty good. Like, um, I think I I remember uh, one of our fans was play was streaming the game. I was watching a bit, right? And they played against an AI, and they were playing Calistar. And I think they were losing, or at least were tied with the AI. And at some point, he goes, I don't know what Marco's talking about. This AI is pretty good. And I'm thinking to myself, uh-huh. huh, am I wrong? Did I just make a mistake? And then I'm, well, I, I don't know. We did improve it a bit. We did we did go back and revisit the AIs to make them a little bit stronger. Yeah, that's so. good. Um, so I, I, I went back to the game and rechecked, right? Um, to make sure mm-hmm. that I hadn't made a mistake. Because um, can I peel back the veil a bit again? And like... Uh, yeah. Because of the way the AI is coded, right? If a new character comes out, uh, the the other the AI doesn't know how to fight the character because it has no data on right. them, essentially, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so the AI is using like all of, it looks at all the games that have been played, and it compiles kind of a list of which attacks work the best against which opponents at which ranges. And so, if a new character comes out, they don't have a lot of data, and so it's very difficult for the AI. The AI doesn't have a lot to draw from. Yeah. in terms of what's working and not working. So it ends up using a fail-safe. So what I've realized is that if you fight against an AI using a character with basically no data or not enough data set, the AI essentially runs its fail-safe, which is to play the same three attack pairs over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's quite unfortunate because it, 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 bu- it um, undermines how much thought was put into the AI because it just seems that the AI just cycles the same three attacks. Uh, yeah, I think in the future what we might do is we might run a bunch of AIs against each other just playing random moves and then we use them as the data points to... Seed the first um, the first Yeah, to seed the real AI that players see. All right. So that pretty much does it for the pipeline where we talk about level 99 games things and release dates and, you know, peel back the veil on a bunch of things that are happening with our games and in our games. If you want to learn more about specific games from us, you know, maybe not just BattleCon, maybe Exceed as well, please tell us in the comment section down below or send it through our Google Forms. Okay, next up is the 99 questions segment where I take your questions and use my knowledge to answer them. And Brad's there and he also uses his knowledge to answer them. Um, Not as much as Marco. Yeah. See, Brad, did you like my intro for this segment this time? Was this a good one? Yes, Marco is the the keeper of question knowledge. Hey, Brad, I have a question for you. Number one, if computers are slimes, does that mean that Sir Blobbington is secretly storing all of Aaron Ross's research? So I think this was in reference to the slime. This is like, yeah, a pretty deep lore question. So, all right. That's like, I'd have to explain like eight different lore points to... No, okay, so in one of our previous episodes, we talked about how slimes are essentially the Indians' version of computers, right? So... Yeah, they have like, they have these these water-based computers um, that are that are kind of sentient, and they are basically slimes. And they, the like wild monster slimes that you meet in the, you know, when you're adventuring are broken ones from ancient times. Okay. Uh, anyway, there's this other guy, uh, Aaron Ross, who is uh, dead and was killed. Turned into Malandrax. Yeah. Well, he was he was killed. Let's just just leave it at that. Because Malandrax really a different character. Okay, um, that's fair. Who's tangentially related, but he was killed, and um, he had a slime, or called Sir Blobbington. Um, <laughs> that is uh, that is actually just a normal um, like homunculus type creature. It's not a one of these um, neuromill slimes. 
Okay. So sadly, he is not the secret mega computer. Yeah, sadly. Maybe. I mean, who knows? But no. Don't uh, don't expect that. Besides, Lixus is secretly storing all of Aaron Ross's research. Oh yeah, right. She was, she's his, just she was his lab assistant, so yeah. She's just continuing it, right? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Wait, does that mean Lixus is a computer? No. No, Lixus is not a computer. But uh Dryads are pretty smart. Despite uh, you know Being despite what you might think from from Kavri and Argent. Most of the Dryads are pretty smart. They can all they can all communicate with one another through the uh through like root networks. Oh, they have so a hive all, mind. Yeah, they kind of, kind of. They, they they can connect to a hive mind. They can connect to the dried internet. Oh, okay. The 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 inter the inter root, not interweb. Yeah, something like that. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Wait, is Kavri an airhead? I never knew this. Yeah, yeah, a bit of an airhead. Uh I think I think Kavri might be be more airhead in the way that like you know she wants to help all the bad guys see the light. That kind of personality. Oh, I see, I see. It's like, you know... So she's Steven from Steven Universe. <laughs> yeah, she's got a bit of that going on. I see. All right. So you, you, you made Steven before Steven was Steven. So that's good to know. Okay, next question. I just received my Exceed Season 2 copy. I really like the world and artwork, but there's one thing that bothers me. Hmm. You, can as- you chose to associate each character with a tarot card, and there are 21 numbered plus the fool. So all up 22 carrot tarot car- carrot cards tarot cards and only 18 characters. Will there be another season to fill that hole of four? Mm, maybe. So the yeah, in the art book for Exceed Season 2, we put a tarot card with each of the characters and there are 18. So yes, yeah, so there are four left. I have thought of doing the last four uh, as as a box, but I don't think that I'm going to build my uh my release schedule around the tarot. So, um, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see. There might be more characters that are released alongside the adventure game for, uh, more exceed characters released alongside the adventure game. And we have enough characters because we have all the associates and you've seen some of them come out as organized play rewards. So, um, I guess the best act, the best response is maybe there will be more, but they won't be specifically designed around filling out the tarot spread. They'll be designed around what we think are cool mechanics for the season. Okay, that's fair. But really, Brad, I just want to have an entire tarot deck of these characters to give to my partner who does readings, you know? I want to be able to <laughs> make see. readings using Exceed characters. Is that too much to ask? Mm, that's, that's a lot to ask. Dang. Because I would really just like to have a deck of them. Because I've, I've seen the art for like the tarot. Well, I think we will probably print that deck during the Seventh Cross Exceed. Uh, or seventh, during the Seventh Cross Adventure game. Okay. Rewards. So at the end of the day, I think this is what this person wants. I think this person just wants to have an entire the, tarot the, deck. That that deck that we made pictures of in the previous uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, we can do something like that. Oh, I would love that. It'd, be, it'd make a great gift to my partner. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Last question, Brad. Are you ready for this? It's gonna be a fast one. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I was talking to a friend about games I used to play one v one with when I was much younger. Have either of you played Bust the Move or Mr. Driller, bo- both on PS One? I'm curious if either of you have like secret hidden gems for older player versus player games. Being a big, being big in the one v one fighting games yourselves with Exceed and BattleCon, I thought you may have some more eclectic and unique titles to share or talk about. So do you have like? Any player versus player 
games that you recommend? Like 1v1 battle games that I'd recommend from ancient times? From like Let's PS1 see. era ancient times, I guess, yeah. Well, maybe not PS1 era, because I really, I really didn't get involved with fighting games until the Dreamcast era. I was very much an RPG, like JRPG guy before uh, Dreamcast. But okay. in, so in Dreamcast, I got into Power Stone, and I really enjoyed Power Stone. I don't uh, think Power Stone so counts as eclectic, though. Yeah, well, it is, because they keep not not making more of it. But um, That's fair. Definitely, definitely go check out Power Stone, if you haven't played that yet. Um, one and two are both good for different reasons. Um, one's best for 1v1, and two is best for four-player. Um, let's see. But the go- I guess the one that I would probably tell you to go check out, if you ever get a chance, is called Psychic Force 2012. This is one of my favorite games that nobody knows about, um, and it is a—it's kind of a precursor to the um, bullet hell fighting games, which is a really eclectic subgenre. But um, oh wow, this is there, really got, old looking. Yeah, it's it's pretty old, but it was it was really good. It was a really really cool game, and you can fly around full freedom, like two dimensional flying freedom, and you uh, you can shoot like magic blast at your opponent across the screen, and then when you get closer, you immediately start fist fighting with the other player. And so the um, so the game was uh, was like that. So it was kind of like a, a almost a precursor to Dragon Ball Fighter, like the Budokai um, games and like the yeah. Universe games and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And in yeah, and in Japan, I believe it was um, they, their previous one that was based on X nineteen ninety nine, an old anime about uh, fighting psychic characters. So anyway. So this, uh, so Psychic Force 2012, really cool game, um, one that I would recommend if you ever get a chance to play it. A lot of fun, um, mm. and the characters have all kinds of cool powers and and um, and differences to them. So so yeah, so there's my my hidden gem. Oh man, oh I don't think I can. You like, one, Marco? I don't think I can like live up to the expectations of giving you guys something esoteric. Um, have you? Ever, uh, for me, some of my favorite games ended up being stuff like. Shucks, Digimon Rumble Royale. Have you have you ever played that? No, oh my I haven't. It's basically Smash Bros, but you're all Digimon. It's it's really weird. Um, some of the cool mechanics in that ended up being that um, you would start every game as like a rookie level Digimon, and then mm-hmm. as you fought and like got power ups and stuff, the main thing about it is that. Where you filled up your power meter, you could digivolve into your mega form, and that would like buff you up a lot and let you like destroy enemies and stuff for like as long as that digivolution lasted, which I think was for the rest oh, of the okay. match. And the thing about it is that it's not exclusive, right? Like, so the entire main mechanic of this thing was that all of you were trying to get to your digivolutions as fast as possible so that you could all um, digivolve and start using your big moves. And it would get pretty chaotic with, like, four different characters on the screen all digivolving. And the moment you digivolve, some of them were, like, throwing spirit bombs as basic attacks. And some of them were doing, like, oh, wow. psycho crushers that would, like, fill it half the screen. kind of reminds me of um, there's, a, there's a game on PS4 uh, now called Fighting EX Lair. And one of the things that they have in this game is a system called Googies. And they're basically achievements you can earn during a match. So once you... And each time you hit one of these achievements, you get a a buff for the rest of the fight. So, for example, like if you get knocked down ten times, you get permanent super armor. If you can like dash towards your opponent for 15 seconds of game time, 
you get to you get like a uh, a power jump that moves you directly next to your opponent. Oh, if that's you pretty can, cool. Um, yeah, like if you land like six six hit combos, then you get the ability to perform like to do like double revolvers and do like twelve hit combos, stuff like that. Oh wait a minute, is this the new Arika game? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's by. I don't know if it's by Arika. I'm pretty sure um, this, this has all of the Street Fighter EX characters in them, right? Like yeah, Skullomania yeah, and all of those. Yeah, guys. yeah, Skullomania is in there. Okay, yeah, it, okay, it is Arika. Yeah, yeah, okay, heck yeah. Then yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I I think I've seen a video of this. Some of the powers they get there are crazy. Like aside from yeah, that, you can like turn invisible, you can teleport, you can like yeah, you can get permanent super armor. Yeah, I um, I saw one really funny strategy. Which was like you pick Skullomania and you get the power to turn invisible, and then you turn invisible and then do the Raging Demon super. <laughs> it's like yeah. you never know when I'm doing the Raging Demon. Okay, so there's that. There's the Digimon Rumble Royale games, and this one other game on the PS One. I'm definitely sure it's on the PS One. Um, it's it's a Beyblade game. <laughs> I forget the name. Beyblade Fighting Tournament Champion or something. Whatever. The entire oh, wow. premise of this game is that. It's basically a Beyblade the fighting game, right? So what what happens is there's a single player mode that you play, which is the main story, which is the main story mode, whatever, right? And by playing through it, you unlock different pieces for your Beyblade. So you have unlocked different bottoms, different tops, different like metal gears, blah blah blah, and different bit beasts for your Beyblade. And the entire point uh-huh. of the game is that you could customize your Beyblade to have different stats and different power special attacks. So that you could um, better adapt to the tournament opponents that you have. And here's the thing. The moment you have that, you can take those Beyblade and fight against other people with it. So it <laughs> so my brother and I <laughs> would fight each other on this stupid Beyblade game. And it, ironically, it, it, it had some pretty decent... You know, gameplay. Are there actually controls once you once you throw your top into the arena? Hex, yeah, heck yeah. You can you control okay. the Beyblade. You 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 move. Because I know the in the around. in the physical Beyblades games, which are exactly like this, you don't control the top anymore once it's in the arena. There's you just actually throw fighting tops at each other. Yeah, and then you just watch them hit each other, right? Um, yep. But yep. in this one, you could it it. Uh, how do I best explain? You ever played Digimon World One? Uh no no yeah, I'm not a Digimon person I never played any of them um the battle system in Digimon World One is basically what Pokemon battles look like in the anime so uh-huh. you you don't directly control your Digimon you scream commands at it and then they do they try to follow your commands as best as possible but depending on a varying amount of factors they either respond immediately or don't because they hate you blah 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 that's basically how the beyblade thing went it's like you would shout at the beyblade <laughs> the beyblade would respond to your commands and you could slightly oh, control man. where it went but you had no- <laughs> wow absolute wow. insanity but it's fun you know making your own beyblades with different strategies is fun like some beyblades you can make them so heavy that you can't move them anymore even if you tell them to move but if your opponent this is this is, this is on that that uh anime fidget spinner battle level marco <laughs> no it's not as bad as anime fidget spinner because beyblade's a legitimate series at least because uh you know, legitimate legitimate uh, can mean a lot of things oh my gosh brad are you dissing beyblade right now yeah, yeah, pretty hard. Oh my gosh! You know, there's a okay. I don't know if you know this, but just for the fans, and this is for you, Brad. Um, back to Marco's anime corner. There's an there's a series of Beyblade 
there's a series in Beyblade wherein they were talking about because in the in their world, right, Beyblade is a very important part of history. Yeah, yeah, like like uh, the world of Millennium Blades is partially based on Beyblade. Yeah, pretty much, right. So so basically, they reimagine history to have. So they were talking about how Beyblade played a vital role in all of their history, and that there are some legendary Beyblade used by legendary figures in history. And I think my favorite part there was they keep going back in time. So from modern all the way to ancient era. And in the ancient era, it literally just shows a screen cap of Moses splitting an ocean with a Beyblade. And at that wow. moment in time, I quit. I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. It's like, there's, there's only so much I can handle. That's... uh. <laughs> That's that's pretty incredible. What, yeah. what is anime? So that really was it for ninety nine questions. Hopefully we've answered your questions, and hopefully we've said some things that have generated more questions within you. <laughs> I have, I certainly have questions. Yeah, I have a lot of questions as well. So um, I want to do a little thing for the last segment, also known as otherwise, uh, where Brad and I usually play a rotating game, and somebody suggested something really cool to me, and I'm gonna surprise Brad because I didn't put it in the docket on purpose. Um, Brad, somebody in the comment section actually said something about Millennium Blades, and this is why I went into the Beyblade tangent. You thought I was just doing it for fun? Heck no. This was all planned. Hey, Brad, somebody uh-huh. said, you know, I think with all the re- recent trends in Battle Royale games, I think the most ideal Battle Royale would be to just have the entirety of the Yu-Gi-Oh! Card Kingdom arc but with the world of Millennium Blades in it. But it's a Battle Royale game. And I think that would work. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not familiar with the Card Kingdom arc. I'll have to look this so, up. So this is basically the arc wherein... Sorry, Duelist Kingdom. Where they're all put on oh, the Duelist island. Oh, Duelist Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're, where they're on the island. Yeah, where they're, so somebody said, we should just totally make a Battle Royale game that's Duelist Kingdom set in the Uh world of Millennium Blades. And at this point, I'd say this is a really short episode because I think that one sentence alone is the entire game and I'm fine with it. I would play it to my heart's content. You mean like, so it's like a board game about being on like Duelist Kingdom. Uh, So this is basically a, uh, like a scenario mode for Millennium Blades. Yeah. Because you could play this with the existing Millennium Blades game. Yeah, or something uh, like that, yeah. And you would just have, yeah, you'd have like like three arenas, and you'd probably have, uh, I don't know, some other kind of thing. Brad, uh, hmm. I think you're okay. misunderstanding. It has to be a battle yeah. royale game. So what, there's a like... hundred people. Uh huh. And I'm, it might be a video game too. Oh, I see, I see. So it's like Fortnite, but with, uh, but with Yu-Gi-Oh, but with Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> but with Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess. That's actually pretty cool. Right, because hmm. because the du- the duelist kingdom is essentially a battle royale, right? It is essentially yeah. a battle royale mode for Yu-Gi-Oh, and I think right. somebody should capitalize on that now, and we should be those people. Huh? When is this going to development, Brad? The ship it, ship it now. Oh me. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see. That now, yeah. Okay, wheels are turning. I will. Uh, I will give this some consideration and see what uh, what we can do. What hell have we, we unleashed? Do have, we do have plans to do a Millennium Blades video game. It so. would be the. It would be so. And it should just be a battle royale, duelist kingdom art kind of game. That would be the best. I would play it all the freaking time. Um, and hopefully, at some point, you like 
gain enough prestige that you become Maximilian. Sorry, Fulton suitcase. Um, gotta stay on brand here. You gotta stay on brand. You become the yep. Fulton suitcase, and you can. Well, like, I could see. I could see it being kind of like, say, maybe like Hearthstone Arena, right? Where you 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 get like paired with random players until you get three losses, and then whoever's still in at the end of the the event is the winner. Yeah, and I think one something like that. One cool thing would probably be right, like at the start, it's like a cube draft, right? Yeah. So you cube. Well, it's, yeah. Well, as time goes on, you'd get more. You'd have to get more and more cards. That would be the fun of it, right? You'd, yeah, or yeah. You'd upgrade your existing cards. So, so here's the thing: you'd start off with cube draft, right? But then, yeah. when you beat someone, you take one of their cards, mm-hmm. right? Or you take some of their okay. cards, right? Yeah. Or, or even like if it's a digital game, you can just copy their cards. Or, or that, that way right. they don't. That way, because if you take some, if if losing makes you lose your cards, then it's like a slippery slope, right? Yeah, you'd lose. But the winners win more, the losers lose more. That's right. Fair. But if you if when you win, you like get copies of the, of their cards, that could be um, something neat. So hmm, yeah, and maybe everybody starts with one legendary that's unique to them. Oh, that's unique to them. That'd be pretty cool. So yeah, and so when you beat them, you get their legendary. Oh, that would be so cool. So it's like, um, what do you call this? Like imagine, imagine going through like the duelist king because the duelist kingdom arc in Yu-Gi-Oh was really, really good because every duelist is essentially a different deck entirely, right? Yeah, they're all different deck archetypes. By giving everybody a unique legendary, it would essentially mean everybody is a unique deck, and you would be fighting different caricatures, characters all over. Oh man, Brad, I am so into it. I'm into it. Hmm. I'm okay, into I'll it. add it to my notes for the Millennium Blades game. It's certainly a mode we can do. Heck yeah. Listener, whoever you are who suggested this, you've done it. You have made history. Because in one of these design sessions, we have succeeded in two things. Number one, we have succeeded in making a game that Brad actually thinks might be viable. Success. <laughs> Number two, we didn't talk about Dark Souls. So I think this is a success. Let's end this oh, podcast. Oh, you ruined it. You ruined it all, Marco. <laughs> let's, let's end this. Oh, my goodness. Let's end this. Let's all end right. this while we're ahead. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for listening and uh, play some BattleCon online next week, hopefully. And uh, thank you, World of Indians. Thank you and good night. Happy gaming. But wait, Brad, before we go, remember it's your hosts, Marco DeSantos, also known as Mechanical, and with me is my wonderful co host. Oh, yeah, Brad, tell them. All right. And again, thank you, World of Indians. Thank you and good night.